0: that there was at least somebody that was, you know, carrying discouragement. And, you know, when you feel discouraged, has anyone ever felt discouraged? Yeah? You know, the best thing to do is go to Jesus. Open the Word of God, read some passages of Scripture, pray, give that stuff to God. Focus again on Jesus and let the Holy Spirit bring the encouragement. Yeah, Gather someone else with you and say, hey, will you pray with me? Text two or three people that you you count as dear friends in God, will you pray for me? You know, do that. Be encouraged. David learned to encourage himself in God. David had a journey and a half, hey. You read some of the places where David went and what he, you know, he was in the cave and he was isolated, he was out in the wilderness, he was, in all, he was being chased down by Saul, there was all this stuff that was going on and in the midst of that David learned many valuable lessons and one of them was he learned to encourage himself in the Lord and sometimes we need to do that, amen? Okay, so we've been laying a bit of foundation the last couple of weeks, preparation for next weekend. So two weeks ago we looked at making disciples, Amen? For those people that were here, remember that? They were all called to make disciples. It's not just a pastor or a leader or a gifted person in a certain area. We're all called to make disciples. And the best way the Bundaberg, the easiest way the Bundaberg is going to change, is that if every Christian started to rise up and disciple one person every year, we would double every year. We would multiply. And within 10 years, this whole region would be saved. It is that simple but yet somehow we leave it to other people and go, they'll do it. We all have to do it. And, and the flip side is that we all need to continue to be discipled. We need people that will, you know, that we give permission to, to speak into our lives and mentor us and you know, encourage us and pray for us and speak into our lives and, and walk with us. Amen? Then last week, we really focused on the fact of, that we see a pattern in Scripture where God says, when you will, I will. There is verse after verse after verse after verse where God says, When you will, I will. And I can't help but wonder at this point in time, at this point in time in history, that God is not saying to his church, When you will, I will. So that we round this off today because I'm convinced that the Lord is calling us forward, forward momentum, forward thrust forward movement you know we coached i coached soccer last night the aim is there's no point just going backwards sometimes you go backwards with one pass why to go forwards in another direction the aim is to go forwards the aim is to score a goal in christianity the aim is to go forward the gates of hell shall not prevail amen we don't go backwards we go forwards the gates of hell shall not prevail as I said this morning, you know, earlier, whatever is allowed in heaven is allowed on earth. What is not allowed is not allowed on earth. We go forward. You know, we see the principle of the Israelites in the natural. Remember, the, the Old Testament is like the natural and the New Testament is like the spiritual. And we have talked about different examples of that. An example this morning in relation to this is that in the Old Testament, the, the Israelites, the people of God, had to take the promised land. They went forward and they took it city by city. They took it battle by battle. They took it region by region, but they took it. Amen. And the same that is true in the spirit because our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's principalities and powers of darkness. We go forward and when we face a battle, we see a breakthrough. We go forward again. And after through battle, through battle, through battle, we take grounds. We have to go forward. That has to be our mentality. We have to go forward. But forward into what? I grappled with a short statement. I'm thinking, man, there's so many. I just came up with that. A restoration of New Covenant Christianity. That we don't just read about the book of Acts, but we live it. We don't just talk about things, but we actually do it. Amen? We see the restoration, or we see in New Covenant Christianity that they are a family. You know, we, we have aspects of that, but there's so much more understanding. There's so much more revelation. There's so much more that we have to unpack in those areas. Amen? The way they lived together in Christ, the way that it wasn't, you know, the way that they saw themselves as a family in the city in which they lived. It's, it's one thing to understand family in a small group like this. It's another thing to understand family in the context of every brother and sister that lives in this region. What does that look like? Whoo! We saw that they were making disciples. They weren't interested in converts. That it was about disciples. It wasn't just someone praying a sinner's prayer. In fact, there was no sinner's prayer. It was repent and believe and follow. Where was the sinner's prayer? So We, we have this thing that I pray a prayer and it's all good. Is it any wonder the world is where it is? We're called to make disciples. Not just pray a prayer and think that's the end of it. We're called to make disciples. There's a real difference in the root word of belief and faith. And I think that there's another teaching that and I won't go there today. But you know the fact is that even demons believe. There's another thing to have faith. Because it means faith means I'm, I'm actually doing something with what I believe. I don't just say I believe something. But faith actually says, I actually believe that and I'm actually going to do something with it. That's where we need to get to. Not just believe something. Yeah, I believe Jesus accomplished this. Yes, I believe Jesus did that. Yes, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Yes, I believe that I have grace. Yes, I believe but I have faith and I'm actually doing something with that. And we are starting to see that. But we want to see it more and more and more and more. Amen? Come on. And, you know, we saw because they lived that way, they lived as family, and they lived that way that I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ and I'm living for him. I'm taking a hold of everything that he accomplished, everything that he did. They saw transformation of people and families and even cities and even regions. How cool is that? As people had encountered God through his love, through his power, through his grace, people were being changed. I don't know about you, but one of, when I was reading Acts a few weeks ago, I was just reminded that whole households were baptised. And I'm thinking, oh man, I'd love to see that. The mum and the dad and the kids all being baptised together into Christ. Woo! Does that, man, that ticks on my heartstrings. Whole families being changed, breaking cycles and patterns that have been been there in their family line, broken in Jesus' name, and they have a new life in Christ. Amen? This is not a flimsy thing. We're not, we're not talking about a flimsy thing, are we? We're not talking about a wait-and-see approach. We are in covenant with God through Jesus Christ, and we're in covenant with one another. That's why if you speak against the body of Christ, you're speaking against yourself. Whatever you, whatever you sow, you're going to reap, because you're part of it. That doesn't mean there are not things we have to deal with. It's a sad thing because in the Western world, we've lost the sense of covenant. We don't fully understand. And I remember preaching a message some weeks ago now about covenant. We've, we, we've lost the depth and the richness of what a covenant actually is. Because everything in the Western world is now, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll just break it. Isn't it? If I don't like something, I'll just take it back. If this doesn't work out, I'll just go into something else. You see it all the time. People in their workplaces. You know, it's not just family stuff. It's, it's right through. We've lost the sense of covenant. This is end times living. That is seeing a preparation of the bride. Amen? The bride made herself ready. There's this movie going through Restoration Centre at the moment. Oh, that's actually more of a documentary, isn't it? Before the Roth. How many people have seen that? It's there's, there's a few, <laughs> there's a few copies floating around to share around. It's actually, you know, um, there's actually really good. You know, there's for me the main thing about the Galilean wedding and the the way that it, you know, confirms everything that we kind of knew. It just brings it all into a statement. And as Brenda said before, when I was talking to her, she said I oh, I heard that teaching 30 years ago. You know, things. Things get buried over and things have to be restored. (laughs) Things have to be uncovered. They're not new. They're just old things that are being uncovered again. That's why God says return to the ancient paths. Walk in his ways. They're not new. They're just being recovered again. They're just being restored again. But this is about the preparation of the bride of Christ. But this is also about the sons of God being revealed. Amen? Someone said amen. Amen? Amen. Come on, you know me now, by now. I like a bit of. I I like a bit of you with me. Come on, amen. <laughs> Genesis, as I said last week, and for those that weren't here, I'll share it just briefly with you now. Um, amen. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Genesis one. Because this is this is it. Hey. When you talk about, you know, oh, yeah, sons of God, what does that mean? What does it look like? You know, oh, yeah, Tim, I've heard you talk about that. I've I've heard other people talk about that. What does it really mean? Well, you go right back to the beginning before sin. Yeah? Back to creation. And it says, God said, let us make man in our image. Made in the image of God. (laughs) Well, ponder that one. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. There's an amen. Come on. God God blessed them. He blessed them. And He said to them, this is what He said to them, Be fruitful. Grab a hold of this. Because this is what it means to be sons and daughters of God. This is the restoration stuff. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on it. And Jesus before he left, he said, All authority has been given, every all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. There is a restoration, people. A restoration, you know, that we would rule, that we would reign as God's people, just the way that we that originally that man was created in the image of God. That's not just something we're waiting for. That is something that occurs the moment we are born again from above in Christ. Yeah? Remember, you've heard me say before, it's part of our inheritance in Christ, and we've got to understand this, because you get an inheritance when someone else dies, don't you? When your parents pass away, or someone in a family who doesn't have children or whatever, you get an inheritance when someone else dies, Yep. Jesus died. Your inheritance starts now. It's not just in what is to come. The glory of what is to come. I love that song, hey, I can only imagine what it will be like. I can only imagine what it will be like. We are the ecclesia, we are the body of Christ, yeah? You hear statements all the time which is absolutely true, you know, buildings are not the church, people are the church, we are the ecclesia, but it's we, it's not me, it's we, it's always we, the plural in 1 Peter 2 says, you are, not just you, it's a plural, you, and the others, you, are a chosen race, you, together, are a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation, You are a people for his possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people. Why? Because sin was there. You were separated, not just from God, but you were separated from one another. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We were not a people. Jesus makes us the people. We are His, we are His people, we are His family, we are His nation, we are His possession, amen? And part of the restoration of new covenant Christianity is an understanding that as the body of Christ, that we are an apostolic people. It has meaning, there's actually a meaning here. An apostolic centre, we are. The very simple, basic meaning of apostolic means sent with authority. So when they sent out Saul and Barnabas, they were sent with authority. Yeah. Jesus said in John 20, as I've been sent, so I am also sending you. And he breathed on them and he said, receive the Spirit of God. Yep. And then then in Acts, in the very next part, in Acts chapter 1, which we also looked at, was it last week or the week before? Can't remember. In Acts chapter 1, we read this. While he was with them... Oh, no, actually, we'll go through there. Um, Verse 7 and 8. It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We are a sent people. We are sent to be living testimonies. We are sent to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. In Bundaberg, in Queensland, in Australia, and wherever else God sends us, we are His sent people with His authority. It's not our authority, it's His authority. And that's why we need to learn how to to walk in the authority, because I've seen people presume and assume things, and it hasn't worked out good for them. We have to know the grace of God. We have to know the things that God has given us authority over, and those things we need to leave and say, well, the Lord rebuke you. The early church understood that they were God's people. The early church understood that they were a sent people. Amen? They understood that they were an apostolic people. Amen? They understood these things. So this is what they did. They gathered around Jesus... That's what they did. Every day, they gathered in some form. Every day, they gathered around Jesus, which which reminds me of David with the Ark of the Covenant. The reason, you probably can't see it really well, but the bottom right-hand picture is some people worshipping with their guitars and stuff around a campfire. It's Pretty cool, isn't it? But it reminds me of how the early church gathered around Jesus in in a spiritual sense because he'd been taken up. But they gathered around Jesus. It just reminded me this week when I was praying how David and the worshippers would gather around the ark. You see, David grabbed hold of something by faith. And he read and he penned Psalm 134. Now bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, in the Lord's house at night. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Can you see that picture? Gathered around, you know, worship was happening 24-7. It's happening. And we call called to worship in spirit and truth now. Worship is happening 24-7. And you can, you, can stood, you can stand back from a distance and you can bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Bless his holy name. So the early church gathered around Jesus. They gathered around and they prayed. And they fellowshiped, and they were taught, and they gave, and they served, and they loved, and they demonstrated, and they multiplied. You know, yesterday when I was driving into the soccer game, I was just driving along, and it's good living at Bagara because you get time to pray as you drive in and out of town every day. And I was driving in, I was just praying, I was just worshipping, and the Lord was speaking to me, you know, and there was one statement that he said, and I was like, ooh. He says, whatever you value, you will give time to. You will make time in your life for whatever you value. Is that not true? If you value something enough, you will make time. If you value... Value someone, whether it be a husband or wife or a best friend or someone in your life, you will make time to catch up with them, won't you? You will make time to spend time with them. Whatever you value, you will make time for. And that kind of like takes me on a totally other thing. It's like, wow, there's lots of things that people don't value. And they don't even realise they don't value it. Because, but it's obvious because they don't make time for it. What you value, you will make time for. The early church valued Jesus, valued what he had done for them, and they valued one another in Christ. Is that a fair comment? They valued it. And we see in Acts, we see that as they gathered, they didn't gather, they, in a sense, of they... They weren't an exclusive club. They didn't hide themselves behind, you know, locked doors and never think about, well, what can we do in the community? No, no, no. They gathered together to be strengthened and built up and encouraged and and, uh, help one another, all this kind of stuff, with a mindset of, okay, let's go again. And you see it in Acts 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. The gospel spread, if we put it into our terms today. Bundaberg was impacted by the gospel. Persecution started breaking out. So then they started to scatter. They went to Gingin and Childers and Agnes Water and Maryborough and Harvey Bay and, and Monto and Mandabra. They started to spread. And as they spread, guess what? They took Jesus with them. They took the good news of the gospel. They, they took everything that they'd learned and they ministered to others. It just was like, a, like when you throw a stone in the water and it has a ripple effect. That's the gospel. That's New Covenant Christianity a ripple effect. And God is saying, do you do you believe that can happen today? I believe it. But you know what? I think Ash's word at the start was pretty cool. Cuz to see stuff happen it actually takes effort. It actually takes sacrifice. Anything that's worth something takes sacrifice. Any marriage, any friendship, anything takes sacrifice, amen? It's the same. It's the same with Jesus. That's why we see this, the display, come follow me. They left everything and followed him. And he made them into a band of brothers that's why we're tracking the way we're tracking. We need to see a stronger, healthier community that is Restoration Centre. Amen? But we also need to see people equipped and further equipped and empowered and encouraged and built up and strengthened that they can minister to others seven days a week. We need both. Because as I said last week, what's the point of seeing lots of people, one for Jesus, if they're not brought back into a healthy community, they can love them and shepherd them and minister to them and, and see healing happen through their li- um, in their lives. We need both. It's the Isaiah 61 principle. Who was there on Tuesday night? Yeah. You could probably tell them about the Isaiah 61 principle. Oh, look at the time. The Isaiah 61 principle is simply this. The ministry of the Lord, uh, sorry, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. You know, we were poor. We were poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release and freedom to the prisoners and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. On the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of despair. That is the ministry of Jesus, seeing people healed, spirit, soul, and body. That is an identity change. I was once this, but now I'm this in Christ. Amen? Yep. That is the ministry of Jesus that has been happening for two thousand over two thousand years that is his ministry that has continued to be happening and it happens now through his people through his body through his um, family through through the Church of Jesus Christ to see people that were that were walking around um, being held captive, being set free in Jesus name people that were um, in prison being released, people that were you know um, carrying around at, um, a garment of ashes in a sense, putting a new garment of them. Beauty, praise, joy. There's an identity change. But then this is what he says, they will be. The very people that receive that ministry, the healing, the release, the freedom, the identity change, they will be. Guess what? That's you. That's you. It's me. It's us. They will be called righteous trees, a planting of the Lord to display his splendor. That's you. You are a planting of the Lord to display the wonders and the glory of God. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the former devastations. And they will renew the ruined cities. There's the revelation. We have received the ministry of Jesus. Set free. So that we can go... And see Bundaberg, Childers, Jin Jin, Agnes Water, this region. Rebuilt, renewed, restored according to God's plan and God's purpose. But we have to realise that we are his people. That we are an apostolic people that we have a purpose, that we have a grace, that we have an authority, that we have an anointing. Amen? The enemy does not want you to get this. The enemy does not want to get you to understand this. He does not want people to get a revelation of the fullness of who you are in Christ because it will cause a multiplying effect. Every week there would be new people added into the kingdom of God in this region when we live out what Christ has done for us more and more. Amen? So I guess the question is this. Who hungers for more? Who needs Jesus more? Hopefully we're all saying yes. Who's saying, here I am, Lord. I actually need to make some shifts. I actually need to lay some things down. I actually need some adjustment in my life. Who is here saying, God, it has to be all of you and none of me? Who says that I believe what I read in Scripture, I can see it today? Who here believes that when we read the book of Acts, it's not just something, a book of history that we read on and we go, wow, that was awesome. But who here believes that we can see a restoration of new covenant Christianity? Not just here in Restoration Centre, well, there's some certain things that God wants to do with, between us and amongst us. But in the church, in this city, and this region, I believe it. Krista, where are you? Oh, there you are. Do you want to just... There she is. What was that, Kate? Yeah, that's, it is. Right in front of my nose is the blind spot. Have you been pondering that, Okay. <laughs> it's true, you tend to look there more, don't you? Yeah. My dad taught me that when I was learning to drive. My blessed dad, he was a rally car driver and he taught me how to drive according to a rally car driver. But the reason I say that is because one of the things is that he taught me to look ahead. I used to look, not that traffic light, but the next traffic light. Yeah, I used to see the car in front of me, but I can see what's happening down there. Because he said, whatever's happening down there is going to affect you what's happening here. It's called defensive driving, but it actually means you can be more aggressive. (laughs) Anyway, that's not a story, isn't it? It saved me from a lot of accidents though. I've seen stuff coming that other people haven't seen coming. And I look ahead in the spirit and I see whole families being saved. I see generational cycles being broken. I see their joy... I see there's joy. I see there's hope in people that have been hopeless. I see marriages restored. I see families restored. I see people not, people going without, not anymore. I see people that have been trapped in addictions for so long being broken in Jesus' name. I see laughter in the streets rather than angry shouts. It's the heart of the Father. It's the heart of God. He didn't save us just so we could have a nice life. He saved us by grace. We received mercy. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He has poured out of heaven for us so that we can go and see heaven touch earth. Right here. You are the manifest sons and daughters of God. You have a purpose. You carry a grace and an anointing. You carry it in God. And we're all called to reach someone. We're all called to minister to someone. We're all called. And when the enemy comes at you and says, you can't do that, you get out the word of God and says, well, the word of God says, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When the, when the enemy comes at you and says, no, you're a failure. You tried that in the past. The word of, No, he says, no, no, the word of God says I am a new creation. I am loved and, and accepted and secure. And even if I stumble and fall, Jesus is there to pick me up and carry me on because I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. We need to start to fight with it. There's a shift that is happening in the spirit. Some of you will be feeling it because that's part of the grace. Please, if you're not feeling it, that's okay. But there are some people amongst you that carry a grace, a discerning to sense things in the spirit. And there's a shift that is happening. The wind of the spirit is beginning to blow and we need to set our sail and we need to go with it. So let's just stand. There's no song to finish with, but we're going to worship. (laughs) Ha ha. You know, worship is not a song. You can worship through a song, but worship is not a song. Did you get that? Worship is not a song, but you can worship through a song. We worship Jesus from our hearts as an expression of thanksgiving for everything He's done for us. And if there's anything today, there's already been ministry, there's always been opportunities today already. If there's something that you feel in your heart that you need to let go of, then today is the day be healed and restored in Jesus' name. If there's a lie that you've been believing, it's a great day to let go of that lie in Jesus' name. If there's anything that's stopping you, I sense there's fear in some people. There's some fear. If today is the day of fear has been stopping you from stepping out into things, we want to see that fear broken off in Jesus' name because there is no fear in love. And Jesus loves you. Be healed and restored in Jesus' name. Lord, by your Spirit, today and tomorrow and in this moment, that we would receive healing where we need healing, restoring where we need restoring, hope where we need hope, joy where we need joy, encouragement where we need encouragement. I want to thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to thank you for the grace and the anointing that they carry. I want to thank you for the purpose, God, that they have in you. I want to thank you that it's time for your body to arise. We don't want to just talk about kingdom transformation. We want to see kingdom transformation. We believe it, God. We believe in your word. We believe in its truth. And we say, Lord, here we are.
1: Here we are, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus, for there is no breathe. Free, you are free. You are free. Every chain has been broken, every captive has been set free. You are loved, oh, you are loved, you are loved, you are loved.
0: If today is the day, I, I, know not, I know it's not just about coming forward, because as I've said before, it's not just about that. But it's today we position ourselves it's today we position ourselves for the more. It's today that we position ourselves for the next step. It's today that we position ourselves for the plans and purposes of God. Amen. So if the Lord is speaking to you then let's we join together and we respond to Jesus today. Galen says she has a word that she got Friday night. Jesus
2: I had a vision while we were praying on Friday night and there wasn't really an opportunity for me to actually share. And this morning, um, and then through the last couple of days, I've just been asking the Lord to make a way for me if I was to share it. And um, I've just been sitting there and the words have been coming and, and it confirms Tim's message this morning. What I saw was a slouch hat, an Anzac slouch hat, and I just looked at it and, and I wondered what that was about. I just asked the Lord some questions. And then I heard a bugle call. Who? Oh. The Lord's calling an army of Anzacs, an army of spiritual Anzacs. Yeah. And he said, this is a heavenly bugle call, calling us out of our hiding places, calling us out of yes. fear, calling us out of our comfort zone calling us out like spiritual Anzacs to be courageous, to be tenacious, to be a sacrifice, to lay down our lives for the sake of others' freedom, to endure, to run the race set before us, not looking to the right or to the left, looking straight forward, fixed with our eyes focused on Jesus, yes. the one who is calling us. Spiritual Anzacs, do not give up. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to see the captives set free. Because that is what the Anzacs did. They lay down their lives to see captives set free and for us then to live in freedom. We are the spiritual Anzacs. Hear the heavenly bugle call.
0: Amen. she was just sharing that word I, I just wanted to I guess come in agreement but actually add to something a little further one thing to remember about the Anzac is they traveled really light, they were called the light horsemen and they were light for a reason, they moved fast they moved quick, they moved through the enemy's line and I really believe that that is, that's what the Lord is calling us, us to Oh. Um, it was always shared about unforgiveness Unforgiveness is, is a burden. It's a heavy thing. It weighs us down. We cannot move fast. We cannot move quick. We cannot move.